Hey, good evening. What's going on? Dr. Drill here, Making Motivation Podcast. It's the 18th of November, 2019. A lot has transpired, I think, from the last time that uh, I left, I did a podcast. So, it must have been last week sometime, maybe the week before, I don't know. Anyway, here I am. I got some updates here. First of all, the Southerton Braves, my son's uh, football squad. My daughter's on the cheerleading team. My son's team has been competing week to week. First, the um, <clears throat> county competitions. You know, who's the best in the county? We we won that. Next, <clears throat> it was the state competition and regional competition. So the past couple weeks, we've been doing that. We won our second regional game. <clears throat> on Sunday, uh, the Braves, we ventured down to Philadelphia, what's called the Super Site, the Philadelphia Super Site. Well, it was in the vicinity of um, all the main, all the big fields like uh, Citizens Bank Park and, you know, all these fucking Eagles Stadium, all that shit. It was stone's throw from that, but it was kind of dumpy. The scoreboard didn't seem to work. The turf was a little bit beat up, and it was in the hood. It was actually right around the corner. Um, it was South Philadelphia, so it was like right around the corner from where I celebrate the Marine Corps birthday on 10th and Oregon Ave. A place called Cookies. So, um... Talk and we played the um, the West Philly Tar Heels, and they beat us last year. This time, at uh, this time in the season, where we went out, I think we played them in Quakertown High School, and they just narrowly beat us out. I remember a guy getting an interception and running it in. And that's how we uh, got knocked out of the regional competition. But now we have advanced beyond that we beat these buggers and let me tell you this is let me paint a picture for you because it was a pretty cool experience so it was like 40 something degrees but it felt like it was 20 it was cold as shit it was overcast it was a slight wind we're sitting on this cold aluminum bleachers and now normally right when you go to a football game and it's like a, a scholastic sort of thing football college high school whatever there's a home and away, right? There's even that uh, the professional fields. There's a home team. Where where's the opponent going to sit? And where's the home team going to sit? So for whatever reason, <clears throat> we were I was told that we were considered the home team. Therefore, we had to staff the uh, who's going to hold the sticks, for the down markers, and who's going to do the play counting and all this shit. So we had responsibilities to tend to. despite this other team being from West Philly, I would think that they would designate them the home team, but I think it has to do with who's the higher seed or who, you know, whatever the fuck the situation. We all wound up sitting on the same side, on the same bleachers, on one side of the field, which was kind of ridiculous. 
but that was closest to the parking lot, so maybe everybody just flooded onto the bleachers and everybody decided that we're just going to cohabitate over there. So it wasn't a good idea, and I'll tell you why. This is a very competitive sport. We're talking about football, Pop Warner football at a very high level of competition. So there's a lot of family members, um, coaches, players that are heavily invested in this process. And they want to win. They're there to win. So it can be emotional. Tempers can flare. The winning team has got their heads held high and we're cheering them on. And the losing team, you know, they're crying. They're, they're distraught because they put a lot of effort into this. A lot of sacrifice, spending countless hours on the playing field, practicing all that shit. So here we are sitting on this, this gigantic aluminum bleacher in front of this, you know, these two teams that are playing. And let me, I, I've made mention of this before, I think, but there's a big difference between the city and the country in general, right? Obviously. City folk, you know, what, what is a city like? Well, city, things move faster. Things are cramped. They're a little bit close. They're a lot closer together. In the inner city, there can be areas where that are pretty rough. They might be poverty stricken, so people don't have as many resources. They might be, you know, people are closer together. Maybe they tempers flare. People, the relationships are different in the city, right? Because you can't. You don't have your space. I think that a human being, probably if we could study it adequately, quality of life is better out in the suburbs and the city. Things are more, should be chill, more chill, right? You got more resources, you got a bigger house, you got a couple cars, you know, you got food on the table, you don't have to rely upon whatever, government assistance, welfare, shit like that. Some of these schools that we play, therefore, are from the inner city. The, the, the players are rougher. All right, they will really uh, get physical. I mean, this is tackle football, but they physical, physical. Like they'll shake you up if you're a running back or a wide receiver going out for a pass. You're going to know that you're got you're being defended. They're going to push you. They're going to pull. They're going to do whatever they can to take you off your their game. You know they. They seem to be of the, you know, to a degree, they are of the mindset. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying hard enough. Not that they're cheaters. I mean, I think they, they work hard. They have, they're, they're good players and good coaches and, and a lot of uh, probably some of the greatest discipline and character building you're going to find is in youth sports. But these kids are tough. And the parents are tough. And... The shit, you know, the emotions abound on those bleachers. So, case in point, I said we're all on the same side for whatever reason, but we're sectioned off. So, the West Philly team, all the parents and supporters are on the left, and man, woman, and child are over there. Uh, not all of them, but many of them, uh, chanting negative stuff. You know, they were making remarks about our our uh, our team and where we're from, and they even knew that it was our quarterback's birthday, so they were mocking him about that, and he threw an interception, he threw a pass, it was intercepted, 
and they were mocking him about that. Fortunately, we were able to maintain our composure, and in, you know, but it was it was pretty obvious. I mean, when, when a play didn't go their way, uh, where you know, the, and the refs didn't call something that they thought should be called, they were up in arms, riled up, dropping f bombs. So here's this one woman, right? She's a mom or a grandmom, I think. She's got her little grandson, she says. He's like holding on to her leg. And they're right, they're standing up. And the play, the, the game was being played kind of like down the field. Our team was pushing the, you know, the game down the field. And it was toward the right. So everybody walks to the right or averts their eyes to the right, what have you. This woman and her grandson and somebody else were standing right along the railing at the bottom of the bleachers and she's dropping F-bombs I'm on the railing next to her she's like uh, you know, the wind comes by and knocks this canopy that we had over uh, like standard like Walmart canopy and we had it uh, tarped off and tethered down a little bit and there were some heaters in there We it's a cold day you know, so we wanted to make sure we could warm our boys up and the tent gets knocked over by the wind boom falls to the ground so this woman goes yeah fuck that shit break that shit hope that shit broke bringing up your shit she was pissed off because we're trying to bring like the comforts of home or you know some sort of support that could win the game for our kids I don't know what you know what resentment because we're from the country or if we're you know we're rich kids or whatever it is which comparatively maybe we were but I don't know what that has to do with kids playing football because everything should be level on that playing field but she was up in arms she's got a friggin red solo cup with booze in it I mean I know booze when I smell it she had a friggin she was standing right next to me and carrying on and cackling and heckling and so on and so forth. So this woman, this other mom from our squad, she says she's holding her baby, her like toddler, and she's like, listen, you know, it's a kid's game, kid's football game, can we tone down the language? And the woman goes, motherfucker, who the fuck you talking to, bitch? I will knock your ass out. I will fuck you up, bitch. Where's she at? Where's that bitch at? And I guess the woman, you know, left to try to shield, you know, save her ass or whatever. And the woman would not shut up. She's got a patchwork of a fur coat. I would say patchwork. It's like, you know, a few inches of it squared was like red. And then another one was yellow. And then another patch was purple. And this is a really colorful fur fur coat. I actually thought it looked pretty neat because I'm eccentric like that. But she, um, holy shit, she's freaking going off. Motherfucking bitch, I will fuck you up, bitch. I will knock your ass out, bitch. Where you at, bitch? Wouldn't friggin' tone it down. And somebody's like, hey, listen, you know, another woman from our squad comes over and she's like, hey, you know, it's like, just let the kids play, you know. Let's, let's not make a scene or anything. And she goes, fuck that bitch. Where's she at, that fucking bitch? Da-da-da. My grandson, don't worry about my grandson. He's like five, holding on to her coat. And like, he knows what's going on. I don't freaking, you know, like something the effect if she wasn't going to 
change the way she behaves because there's kids there. She was fucking hammered. So somebody went and got security and they came in and they were like, you know, they talked to her, but, and Eskin told her to stay on her side to try to keep the peace. But you could tell that it was something, I don't know. I don't know. Like I saw the woman's look like her husband or somebody and he was like trying to calm her down, talk her off the ledge and she would not, fuck that bitch, man, fuck that bitch. She was freaking going off. Just like an absolute lunatic. And I have rarely seen some, a scene of that extent, that nature. Uh, now, being on the sideline, I've, I remember times where I was screaming, you know, for the boys, trying to support. Hey, come on, boys, let's go. Come on, defense, come on, offense, let's go. Oh, you know, let's go, Sam, let's go, Mean 13. There's an edge to it the competition, you're going out there and you're tackling kids and you're you're trying to win and make them lose. So obviously, there are emotions and you can see it on people's faces and folks don't like when they lose. And there are rivalries. And I guess this was a rivalry, but that was, I've never seen conduct like this in my sport attending life. It was absolutely ridiculous and unacceptable. And that woman should never be I mean, she's worse than the conduct that I've seen at Eagles games where fans are drunk and calling each other names and fighting and stuff like that. She was, you know, right in, in front of kids acting like this. Absolutely inappropriate. So, so there's that. That was a pretty cool listen. I'm, I'm sorry I had to witness it, but on some level, you know, I appreciate these stories. So, uh, I'm glad it transpired. So that was pretty cool. And, of course, our entire social sphere, free time, revolves around this sort of stuff. So it's a big deal in my world. What else? So we're going to be going to Elizabeth, New Jersey this this Saturday, uh, coming Saturday, to play the Wachung Warriors or whoever the fuck. And we're going to, if we beat them, when we beat them, we're going down to Disney to compete. We're already doing so because Lily's cheer squad is going down to compete. So I'm going regardless, but if and when the Braves 12U football team goes down, that means we're going to stay a little bit longer and it's going to be a little more involved and so on and so forth. So, hey, support our kids, stand by them, be part of this community. This This is what our life is about. So... Very interesting. So, my day, it was pretty good. Uh, It was a little bit, it was a Monday, it was overcast, so it was a little bit dreary. You could feel that on people as they came in or they they called to cancel or reschedule or whatever. Uh, But I had some nice new patients and I appreciate meeting them, helped them out. Uh, One woman uh, was a a former naval personnel. She lived on Hawaii. She was a military brat. And she came in the office. She goes, this place is like Hawaii. She's the second person that came in today and said, I really like your decor. It's like we're in Hawaii or something. It's awesome. Like, that's great. It's great to hear because here I'm trying to... um, 
I'm trying to create an atmosphere that is healing, that people enjoy coming to and spending time. A comforting place, warm, um, in a uh, kind of a progressively dark winter scenario. I want this place to be a safe haven and very comfortable for people. So, for a great many people, it is that, and I'm glad. Part of me, I got, you know, I got my carvings all over the place. I got my ceiling tiles, drop ceiling tiles are painted. It's, it smells good, and <clears throat> it's a good place. You want to be where everybody knows your name. It's cheers. It's for your healthy, balanced chiropractic. <clears throat> What else? I'm pretty fucking tired right now. I'm not going to lie. It's 8.30. I'm just pulling into the yard now. Looking forward to see my family. Pet my dog. Have a nice meal and hit the rack. Tomorrow I got teaching. I expect it's going to be a good day. Um, as I might have mentioned, I went up to see my father, my parents, last week, and my father had a little health concern, so he was in the hospital for a few days. I went up once he was discharged and got to spend some time with him and my mom and their dogs, and my sister was there too, so this was the first time in maybe 10 years, 15 years, that the four of us were under the same roof. So that's pretty special. That's pretty um, amazing that this much of life has gone by and there's so much that, uh, I don't know, that we, we weren't we weren't present in one another's lives, but yet we kind of were. We, we have a, our own story of what has been going on, things that we relay and phone calls and emails and such, but there's also so much that we did not experience. We weren't a part of one of those lives, and we've got a history. A lot of good times and some bad times as well. Like everybody's got these struggles with their family, so it's uh, it was nice to see everybody, and we fell right back into the same, maybe you know, same similar roles, but maybe a little bit more healthy. Yeah, I got to see my parents, my family. They. Uh, they have grown old, you know, they're in their 70s now, and we're, I'm in my 40s, my sister's almost 50, so, how about that, how about that, that we, it's, it's like, circle of life, and our kids are coming up, they're just reaching their teens, or my kids anyway, my sister's son is having a child, my kids are almost attaining their teens, we're in our work in life right now. <clears throat> and things just, time just passes so freaking quick. It's nuts, right? And you see your parents and you see some of their daily activities and their stories and their struggles. And you reminisce a little bit and you, you know, imagine yourself arriving at that point sometime in the near future yourself or not too distant future. Another couple decades, I'll be where they are right now. And how can I prepare for that physically and mentally? And how are we doing? It's like a little spot check. Hey, how's everybody doing in life? 
How's life treating us as a family, as a individual family units and collectively? And what does the future hold? And it's very interesting. On a uh, scholastic note, teaching. <clears throat> I don't know if I bellyached about this yet. But last week I was scolded a couple times. The first time was because so many students were trying to get in the second half of my uh, anatomy course, AMP2. It closes at 50. It's full at 50 students. Well, we have about 60 seats in the class in the amphitheater, so it's not atypical for a few students to add on or delete or whatever. And it's a stressful time, I guess, as students are all trying to find their schedules, uh, registering at a particular time, and sometimes they get, um, you know, they, they, they don't get the classes that they want, the classes fill up first before they can get a seat, and in my classes is pretty sought after. Um, so I'm happy to say that I started teaching. I had 12 students in my class. They probably took me just because they had to take somebody. And they became some great friends. And I had a good experience with the, the course. It started with 12 students five years ago. And now I have, I could have standing room only. Could have 60, 70, 80. Now, I appreciate, to me, the more the merrier. I'm certainly flattered that people want to be in my course. And I would love to oblige them if I could. I would never want to turn anybody away. But 50 is 50, and that's when it closed. So it was very clearly uh, stated to me that I can't, I have no authority to add anybody or anything like that. And I don't really know that I need to be admonished about that. I wasn't trying to give anybody hope, but the students come up to me as their teacher and say, listen, I want to be in your course. And I'd say, well, I'd love to have you, but whatever. Talk to your advisor. I follow the right channels. So I get, I get bitched at. Because these students were trying to get into my closed course. It's not my position to tell them no or yes, give them any response. I pointed them to the proper channels and told them to adhere to that. And if they, they came to me, the powers that be came to me and said, Hey, Dr. Obers, what do you think about this? Then I would, if they were a student in good standing, I would give them my vote of confidence. <clears throat> so I got yelled at for basically being a good stu a good teacher. Uh, lightly, lightly scolded. But one of these individuals said to me, uh, administrator said, uh, Dr. Roberts, well, if the course, if your course fills up with, say, 70 students and my other two professors only have 10 or so each in their class, those courses are going to be um, omitted and they're going to have to take their, it would cause them to have to bump an adjunct. In other words, because I'm a part-timer and these two full-timers had to have classes to teach, I would get fucking in trouble. They would take my work and give it to them. How inappropriate would that be, right? So, Hey, I've only been around for five years. I'm not trying to rock the boat or anything, but this is not a meritocracy. 
much of the world, the working world, is not a meritocracy, and I don't think the scholastic arena, collegiate arena, is any different. And I'm naive for maybe assuming so. Hard work is not always rewarded. You know, the, the college is always saying things like, oh, we can never do this without you. Well, you know, they sounds like they'd be very happy just to, you know, not happy, but they would, they do what they got to do. Their priority is their full-time professors. I'm not, I'm a fucking adjunct part-timer. And, uh, simply put, I'm the best anatomy teacher that they have that probably you'll find as far as the eye can see. And that's because I give a shit about the material. I work in it every day and I love to teach it. I love the interactions with the students. And I treat them like human beings. So um, I told them, in a nutshell, if you want something, if you want to get in this class, if you want to study under a particular professor, then, and they say it's closed or there's some hoops to jump through, ask them what they need to do. Sometimes a squeaky wheel gets the most oil. You're a tuition payer paying tens of thousands of dollars a year in tuition. taking out loans or your parents are doing, you're working your ass off and all this shit, you know, be your own advocate. Don't let anybody tell you no. You know, you're fucking, you know, you run the institution. There's a lot of influence that students can have, I feel, by speaking up for themselves. And if they don't want to take some shitty professor, then, uh, they shouldn't have to. But anyway, I'm just a part-timer, and, and I'm doing my best. Um, I love the students. I'm, I love the school. I'm not looking to rock any boats, but I also don't want to be given any bullshit, <clears throat> which I periodically will get. It makes me feel like um, I don't know if I would want to be a full-time professor. There have been days where I have been you know, stressed I'm in my own in business for myself, it can be stressful. Um, there have been times where I've been like, fuck this, man, I gotta get out of this dealing with insurance companies, all that crap. I just wanna teach, get out of work at you know, three, four, five o'clock, go home to my family. Instead of sitting in the friggin' parking in my driveway at 8 30 relating all this to you. How cool would it be just to have a lesser schedule, you know, maybe take a little bit less of a, take a little pay cut to get some quality of life back. But then I get touched by some of this crap. I'm like, fuck this, man. Who the hell would want to deal with these politics? Um, so there's that. That's something I had, I've, I've had in my mind and it looks like it's blown over. I'm going to have a great day tomorrow teaching and coming to the end of the semester. I've done my best. In closing, I, I'm looking for my next creative thing. Listen, I was listening to podcasts, a couple good Rogan podcasts recently. I know I'm all over this guy's dick, but he's good, man. He's got some great guests and he's a pretty measured guy. Uh, very chill. So he had um, Matt Tybee on, who's a great journalist and a very nice uh, guest. He's, he had an interesting podcast talking about freedom of speech and the press and all that shit. 
And then he had Paul Stamets, who is a mycologist or a mushroom scientist. And he has found all kinds of useful compounds that'll help us save the bees and be healthier and just a real fucking brilliant guy. Very insightful conversation that he had with Joe. And he said something about, um, man, I'm trying to think of the context, but he basically said that when you're creative, you're happier. And that's why people who have anxiety and depression are all stressed out about, you know, things in that moment. But uh, when we have, when we're stressed out, we have, and we think we don't have time to do things, we're not going to be creative. We're not going to want to listen to music or create art or innovate. And so we're kind of starved of these essentials of life. If we are, if we are creative and searching for things in our lives, uh, allowed to create, we are having a positive experience and we are typically happy individuals. We feel fulfilled. And that's me. So I want to do more creative work. I have uh, made about half a dozen of these, these tabletop tannenbaums. They are made of cedar. They smell great. They look awesome. And there's for a little tabletop, a little half a tree, uh, just a facade of a tree that you put on an end table or against a wall or whatever. And they're really beautiful and smell great. I made a bunch of those. I had a great time for a couple hours carving those. I got a bunch of orders for them. Then, I want to write, man. I want to, I, I mean, these podcasts are helpful. But I feel like I'm a better writer than I am a talker. I think it's valuable to... First of all, I need to get some some guests on my podcast. And really get some people who, have, who are interesting and will have some stimulating conversations. I think that that would be time well spent. Get some... Just every once in a while, get a good guest on. A nice, thoughtful conversation. Then, maybe write, you know, uh, put, write a story, a short story, something funny, you know, like what, in your opinion, as a, one of my listeners here, what do you think is the best, most interesting content that I have come up with? Is it the, the humor stuff? You know, the stories about, you know, whatever, off-color stories from my Marine Corps days. I mean, I know that's interesting to a lot of people. Um, do you want to hear more about creative stuff? Do you want to hear about exercise, healthcare, chiropractic, prevention, uh, stress reduction? What? I mean, I have the problem is I have so many interests that it's hard to narrow it down. If I was going to write a story, what would that story entail? Like, what is the best product that I can put out there? What would, what would you listen to? What would you want to read? You want a PT manual, a physical training manual with motivational stuff and, you know, uh, waxing philosophical and you like podcasts? You want me to get some good uh, guests on here and, and ponder the big questions of life? Sometimes I think like some of the most interesting things that I can do, that I can provide is my a window into the people in my life. There are some incredible people in my life. There's some crazy motherfuckers in my life. There's some um, wonderful people that I experience, that I live with day to day. I feel like they they deserve a some sort of um, 
recognition or at least to be spoken to um, and so that a broader audience is aware that there are folks out like that out there like this and who whom um, maybe it will turn the light on in their mind of individuals that they know and have within their own sphere that are interesting people as well and these folks need to be honored so, all right, I got to go inside and eat some friggin' dinner and love my family. Listen, I love you guys. I'll friggin' try to have some adventures tomorrow to share with you. And if you have any input as to uh, what the best product I can put out there is, you let me know. Is it friggin' chiropractic? Is that interesting to you? Different conditions that I can treat? Is it exercise? I'm a friggin' encyclopedia. Um, but I feel I burned myself out with that after 15 years. Like, should I record everything that I did and try to recapture all that and, and, and put it out there like as a, uh, you know, like an open source Dr. Drill or should I do podcasts or should I carve more wood, you know, do for, I'd love to spend more time out here carving and selling products, making things out of nothing. I'd like to dig into my trash bucket and find things that I can recycle and make little, you know, upcycle, make cool things out of, you know, um, I'd like to hike the Appalachian trail. I'd like to travel the world with my family. I'd like to, I'm hellbound and determined to go to, um, Utah in April. I gotta fucking do it, man. I feel myself, you know, very likely that if I don't commit to it and get some plane tickets and some itinerary that I'm going to, back out just because I'm busy as shit and I got a million irons in the fire. Should I try to find a full-time teaching position and have to hang out in academia for a while? Should I try to grow my practice? There's a lot of avenues I want to go, go in. The key is though, is being inspired and having the time to implement some cool things to really eke out the best of my um, of what I can offer. Now, when I say the best of what I can offer, I don't really know what I want to do with this information. Do I want to be creative just for the sake of being creative? I mean, I just went up and saw my family, as I said, and they're getting old. You know, they're, they're at the end of their life. I'm in the middle of my life. My kids are in the beginning of their life. So I see them and I think, what do I want to be like at this age? What do I want to have accomplished what kind of relationships will I have with people? Uh, what, what will my health be like? And how can I influence that now? How can I make an impact on the world um, in a positive way? I mean, how can I maximize on this experience called life? I'd love to make a ton of money. I'd love to travel. I'd like to stay stimulated, stay positive, stay in shape. Um, Make more friends, have more experiences. Watch my kids grow and experience and start their families. And I see the world become a better place by my engaging in it. So I'm doing my best. I think I, I, think I manage to make a difference in my own way every day. But I just want to, I want to be better. How can I be better? How can you be better? Stay motivated, fuckheads. Ah!